Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. That's fucking itchy. That's Winchester. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rogue Airport podcast in association with Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. And you join us after Sunderland's 1 0 win against the FC Wimbledon. I'm with Mike Dunn. How are we doing, mate? All good. It's been a while since we've heard your voice. I know, yeah. And in real life, now we're talking in person now. Yeah. How many <laughs> pints had? Uh, been out since seven eight, or eight. eight yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel a little bit shook now. Yeah, the, the Irish is coming out in you. And uh, Ant Watson's here. How's Ant? I'm all right, mate. Just half expect me broadband to go off, but. No? It's, like, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. And uh, first time this season, it's Tom Albrighton. Hi. <laughs> you're, you're, you've got a gob on you. What's with, what's with the nerves like? No, I'm alright. I'm just, I'm fairly like, I'm quite placid at the minute. Strong painkillers. So. There's, something, there's something wrong with you because just to let the listeners know, I offered Tom a beer and he said no. So. Namaste. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, Sunning then, 1 0 today, Mike. Yeah. Uh, it was it was all right, wasn't it? Like, it's a bit of a weird one to try and analyse, isn't it? A win's a win. Like we were fairly shy first half, like to be honest. Um, yeah, but we got the result. First half was poor. We couldn't string passes together. Midfield, we we're kind of couldn't get on top of the game. But second half needs to be a few chances. Eventually got the goal. I think it was a massive deflection of Winchester's goal, was it? Yeah. But uh, we probably should have more. Pritchard missed a good chance, and Stewart as well. But yeah, we got the win. But we definitely can play better than that. You, you'd imagine that. Like. Yeah, it was. Uh, for me, Ant, I think I think we were the better team. I think if you're going to analyse the performance over 90 minutes, Sunderland were definitely the better side. But it wasn't like a scintillating performance. It wasn't as good as Burton, and we got beat at Burton. So. No, it, it just seemed a bit. I think I think Philip were on on Twitter at our time. It seemed as if they were a little bit like unfit, like a little bit tired after three yeah. big games in a week. Yeah. Um, obviously, McGee looked leggy. Gooch looked a bit leggy. Um, we looked a little bit unbalanced with Dan Neal at left back, um, but. Listen, like Mike said, a win's a win. You know, we've won three games out of our first four. We've got to be over the moon with that, haven't we? You know, it doesn't matter how we win, as long as we win. That's it. What do you think, Lee Johnson says to those players at full time, Tom? I don't know because it, it it's a funny game, isn't it? It was like we were comfortable, but we weren't excellent. And it, I suppose when you con- you contrast it against a Burton game, it was by far the better team, but didn't get anything from it. It's hard to digest, really. I think there's a few players here that book their ideas up slightly. I think. I would agree with that, yeah. I think I want the wings, especially. I think Gucci McGeady need yeah. a bit of a rocket because, especially with a few more players in the in the squad now, I want to think the place is as safe as it would have been. Uh, I wasn't impressed with Gucci midfield again. And I thought Winchester yeah, was fantastic. Let's not, skip, let's not skip over that. Gucci today worked his socks off, but like just there was no quality there. And it's, I, was, it, I, was, I felt the same after. After Burton midweek, like 
Gooch for me, he needs to turn up more often. I'm, I'm not picking at him because I think I think when you're a good side and you're expected to like get promoted, you need your attacking players to to show a bit more. And today, like his touch, there was a lot of times today where the ball come out from the back, 40, 50 yard rake a past the feet. His first touch was brilliant, and then after that, it was like right, settle the ball down. What do I do? And by that point, the the like the, the moment had gone. It's almost like he doesn't know how to get the ball in the box. It's like I was looking at it today and, and what I thought is both wingers look like they've not realised that it's not White in the middle anymore because with White he was so static and you never knew where he had to be. They had to take the extra touch to see where he was to try and get something to him. Stuart's always buzzing in and around that penalty area and he's always sort of around the penalty spot or on the edge of the six-yard box. So I think they just need to trust where Stuart's going to be take the touch shift it and just get the ball in don't take that two three extra touches because you've got a striker in there who actually knows what he's doing for a change think McKeithy's fit and no no absolutely not you can tell he's not in pre-season can't you like he's just really really slow as well even being McGeady's standards getting older he is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is but you expect from McGeady to put yeah. you know he's at least the odd quality ball in or something like that but every time it went we just seemed to slow down and it, it, it let Wimbledon get back into positions where they shouldn't have been in really you know loads of times where I thought Embleton got the ball out really nicely got the ball quickly and um, McGeady was just slowing it down straight away so I mean I would rest him for Tuesday and I'll probably rest him for next Saturday as well against Wigan to be honest give him a break you know he's, he's not fit I thought Daniel had a great game though left back yeah, if I was yeah. I would have pushed him up to left wing take McGeady off fire earlier than he did O'Neill was, was so much more direct you could beat his man as you said McGeady was slowing the game down and everything he did was going wrong he was losing the ball constantly stupid he always does the thing where he wants to take on a man inside the box take a shot it's blocked every single time yeah I drop him Dan Neal had a great game I would have pushed him to the left wing Dan Neal's been a bit of a revelation any Tom for me like oh by a mile I just think he's so he's so technically sound as well he never looks flustered on the ball his positional sense is always really good gets in between the man and the ball really well when he's defending the only problem I've got really is I just feel he's wasted at left back I think that's the only issue and again I mean same for Winchester as well we've got two really technically gifted midfielders here that are being pushed to left back and right back I think if we're getting obviously we've got Sir in there get him fit and we'll, you know maybe bring in a bit of defensive colour getting those two in midfield could really revolutionise our season in the next three or four weeks like. so the, the big news in the, the warm up was Burge dropping out Patterson came in how do you think he did Mike because for me for me I thought actually Patterson today he just did everything simple, yeah. nothing daft. Very composed, but he had nothing to do, really. Like, Wimbledon yeah. offered nothing. But uh, he did everything right, even at the end there. A header came in, he held onto the ball well, slowed everything down. Uh, I think there was one time he might have came off his line for a corner or a cross or something. Yeah. He missed yeah, and he it. missed it, and yeah. it got away with it, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, he had a really good, solid start now. Like, and to be honest, he's no worse than Burge. Like, no. <laughs> um, you won't be really worried about him going in as number one for, uh, as the game season goes on. Like. I guess it's more to do with sort of leadership qualities yeah. and whether he's got got the I don't know so you, you expect your goalkeeper to be a presence on the pitch to me I don't know you can't really hear him but he doesn't like seem to have that yet but that, that'll only come with experience won't it he gesticulated a lot though you could see there was a lot of times he had the ball and he's gesticulating there to slow it down and calm down but I think his distribution is, is streets ahead of Virgin. Oh, yeah. you know there was two or three times a day distributed with his right and his left he's putting it into channels he's finding the man over the top short direct so he, he looks I wouldn't say he looks as good as what 
he could be as good as Pickford, but he certainly looks like he's... Oh, there's a bold claim. No, no, Pickford? No, no, I'm not saying he's going to be as good, but he, look, he certainly looks at the same mould. You can yeah, tell they've been moulded by... You, you, can, you can sort of see the education of the goalkeeper in the academy, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, little things, he played a couple of sidewinders. You don't see a load of keepers, especially in this division, playing the sidewinders. Playing them fine, you know, like you say... There's a lot of things you can you can tell that from the same education, kind of the way they control the ball, the area, and the distribution, like so. Yeah. A modern way now, isn't it, for the goalkeeper now to be a distribution? Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought he was, to be honest, for his first, this is his debut in the league. Yeah, let's um, not forget that actually. Yeah, in front of fans as well. Yeah, being thrown upon it because obviously he wasn't picked to, to start. Birch was to start. Bertram's kept a clean sheet he's not put a foot wrong really bar what Mike says a little one when he came out thought he was thought he was like Roman Reigns with a Superman punch bar that he was, he was absolutely fantastic with Bertram I don't mind the keeper doing that I know he missed the ball but I don't mind the keeper being proactive because he comes and claims that yeah, yeah. he contrasts the keepers we've had before who are just glued to the line like McLaughlin and Birch were both glued to the line when anything was in I don't mind to keep up doing that. If he gets it wrong, he gets it wrong. But at least he's trying to be positive. Like. Just, just very quickly as well on goalkeeper front, I thought Wimbledon's goalkeeper was absolutely outstanding. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The opposite. I, I was a bit mixed on that. Like, and I think I saw your watch. I was like, oh, mm, he was I'll bring that up later on. <laughs> he made some excellent saves. Or the one from Wimbledon where he pulled over yeah. them. I mean, I was, I was right behind where I'm sitting. That was literally right behind that. It was going right in the top corner. He pulls it. Like, great save. I agree about his distribution. It was awful, but shot stopping yeah. and so, quick word on uh, Callum Doyle today for me like brilliant I can't believe he is 17 year old yeah. I say it every week physically like a big bloke but he, even like the way he plays like he heads and wins everything but then aside from that he's playing 60 70 yard passes to feed the people I mean you can again I've just talked about the education of the goalkeeper there you can see what system he's come through, can't you, Mike? Like he is good. He's streets ahead, I'd say, most centre backs in this league. Like what a what a find that was for most in fairness, speaking and Johnson, whoever was on that. He's just so composed in the ball, his distribution is perfect. Um yeah, he just he looks so much more mature than he is for a 17-year-old. And like we're very lucky to have him this season. He could be the difference between us going up, like and not like compared to the centre house we had last season. And I have to say Flanagan had a good game as well. Like yeah, yeah, Flanagan's yeah, looking good, like and I don't know I think Johnson's actually worked on him with his distribution and his composure on the ball he looks much better than he did last season or any season he's been at Sutherland before this I think on Doyle as well um, I think it was in the 70th minute or so where he, he went like, went on an amazing run and he knew he was going to get hit by a midfielder who came across he knew he was going to take it took the hit you know took the treatment and all that whatever it was but he was straight back up straight straight one gap, straight back into it and the lad's 17 years old it's, just, it's, it's phenomenal you know what a player he's going to end up being yeah, I think just to you're right Flanagan for me I, I'm like like most fans to be fair we've been we've been right when we've criticised Tom Flanagan for some bad performances mistakes etc I think when, in the absence of any other sort of competition in pre-season him and Doyle have put a decent partnership together and then the season started and this is as well as I've seen Tom Flanagan play for Sunderland like and I, I think sometimes you just got to hold your hands up and say a fair play. Like yeah, he, he, he totally deserves any sort of praise that we can give him. Um, the other, the other thing we haven't even talked about really. Carl Winchester today. I mean, the goal. All right, there's a touch of fortune there. He takes the shot on, but his all-around performance for me from right back, outstanding. Like he, he's a, he's another one who's came out of the woodwork. Any Tom. 
yeah, I suppose you could say that is. I know he didn't come with a growing reputation from Forest Green, but he's always shown in a Sunderland shape. He's, he's another technically gifted footballer. He's got a good first touch. He gets his head up, good range of passing. Does all the basics right. Uh, the only complaint I would have again, similar mode to Daniel, I feel like he's a little bit wasted at right back. I think in the centre of the park, he'd be absolutely revolutionary for us. So you, you, but you say that right? But who would you throw in? Uh, who, who would who would you take out of the mix to throw him in? You know. Well, on, on the back of the day, I would see Onai. I really? would. I wasn't impressed with Onai, and I think he was. Yeah, he was. He was hitting. I thought. I thought Onai was hitting this. Uh, he wasn't creating the challenges. He did put a few good ones in. Uh, I know he popped his shoulder at the end of the game and admirably carried on, which is fair enough. But the first half an hour, he, he just couldn't string a pass together. There was a few times he needed an extra two or three touches. Uh, you know. Was it a bad performance? I wouldn't say it was horrendous. It wasn't great. It was very middle of the road. But I feel like, you know, you put Winchester in that position, would you get a better player out of him? And, I, you know, I almost feel that O'Neill is probably a little bit better suited to being right back because he's just, he's energetic and he likes getting involved. But he's, I don't feel he's great getting involved for 90 minutes, whereas a right back kind of comes in and out of the game more. So... I don't know, it's one for the management to ponder, never mind us in a pub, so, yeah. you know. Well, to be fair, I, I'm, I'm like, uh, I, I, I always get quite defensive with Luke O'Neill because I think, I think he does get a lot more stick than he deserves in terms of he's just, I'm not talking about his personality as a, as a bloke or whatever, just his ability as a footballer, I think, I think he's a lot better than people give him credit for. Um, today was a weird one because... Wimbledon didn't try really to I mean they knocked it around the back four and the keeper and then they went long it was pretty much all they did in the game so there was no real midfield battle there which in one instance was great for us because um, because Embleton was able to get on the ball a lot sort of receiving it from the central defenders feeding it through the midfield looking for options ahead of them I mean and just a, just a side note on that to be fair uh, I mean, we, we've just stopped the crab-like passing in midfield. We've, we're trying to play a lot more and, and, and go go forward with the ball. And that's that's quite clearly a, a change that's been made over the summer. So when they're giving the ball to Hamilton, he's trying his best to, to make something happen. I think you sort of need that player next to him who breaks it up, wins the second balls, goes in for the duels when there's a long ball to win. You know, you, you, you can't have like two Dan Neals in the middle of the park. You, you need somebody who's going to be a little bit more um, streetwise, I guess. And I think that's probably Luke O'Neill's role in the team. I think for me, O'Neill's one of those players where he's, he's not quite here or there. I think athletically and physically, he's very much a centre midfielder because he can do all those things and he can buzz around. But I just think when it gets to sort of like, you know, getting the ball down, passing it and spraying it. He's just slightly lacking behind other footballers, and I think that was a little bit evidence sort of this afternoon. Last 10 minutes, Daniel moved into midfield, and Neil looked far more comfortable on the ball than O'Neill did all game. But I also understand that Daniel isn't going to win the headers against six foot four centre mids or centre backs. So it's a bit of give and take, and I think it's something that you could probably tweak depending on the teams you play. Teams that want to get down play technical football, I think Neil's probably better suited in there. Teams who want to be physical, I think Owen Iron's better suit in there, just as like a, a disruptive influence kind of thing. Yeah. 
Um, so, final thoughts and happy? Yeah, really happy. Like I said, if you give me nine points out of 12 at the start of August, I'd have took it. Um, I think next week against Wickham at home is a very, very difficult game. But I think we can do it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, just it's just night and day from what we were watching last year. Like like you said there with Embleton, Neil, just so much better football. I, it doesn't always come off, but at least they've got the guts and they've got the balls to do it. You know what I mean? And seeing Ross Stewart, like this is the first time I've saw Ross Stewart live. Uh, he, that's just a proper striker. You know, like you said, with Winchester, someone who's willing to get forward. It, it was just so much from what we saw last year, being bored, even though we were winning games 1-0 or whatever, being like bored on the stream trying to think of something to say. And now we're like kind of forgetting things. So much, uh, like, out of the four games, I'm, I'm over the moon, to be honest. My me, me brother-in-law said that when I was sat with him there, saying I'd rather watch this than watching us win, like scraping scraping wins or scraping draws like it, it is nice at the watching it Mike yeah and it's like an identity and a style of play like you know what we're trying to do you know how we're trying to play um, and with that style of football you're definitely going to win more games than you lose like it's, yeah. with Parkinson last year you're eventually going to get caught up for playing shit football people can beat you down but next week definitely be a more challenge I think it'd be kind of similar to Burton the way his style of play would be um, but the way we're going is all it's all positive signs and just it needs to continue on get maybe more consistency in our, in our play but that will come as you play more together because it's a completely new squad like yeah happy yeah. ultimately yeah I mean yeah yeah your, your, your rooker reports Mr uh, Mr on the fence aren't you no I'm fairly happy like I said I'll take 9 points from 12 games that, that points per game average is going to see you up there at the top of the table at the end of the season I just one worry I have going forward is not many people might have it but thinking a lot further forward is managing to keep this squad together because there's some very very good footballers in this squad there's a few on loan there's a few young players who I think if, if clubs in the division above are looking especially towards sort of like you know early days but Doyle and Neil look absolutely fantastic and I think keeping a hold of them for the rest of the season is going to be imperative um, especially Doyle because he's just future England centre back written all over you know but happy and I think we've got a bit of variation from the bench now we're making substitutions and actually changing shape and changing tact which is nice keeps teams on the toes keeps everyone guessing I think nine points from an available 12 we've got a relatively fit squad a young squad and I think it's shaping up quite nicely going forward like yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm over the moon I mean a win's a win in it first clean sheet of the season by the way true yeah, yeah. which I, we haven't talked about yeah <laughs> with, with a different goalkeeper um, you never know there could be another new goalkeeper coming through uh, actually let's, let's talk about that quickly right <laughs> Fido Minone right I won't go into the specifics of it but when you when you hear Sunderland linked to a player like Vito Minone and I mean I, I'm not saying he's like a world beater but when you're in League One he, he's He's better than what we've got, isn't he? He's immediately going to come in and be the best goalkeeper in the league. Immediately. So uh, that, that just says it all about it. I mean, obviously, what, what, what's what been said behind the scenes, it's looking as if he wants to come. I would be absolutely over the moon if Eden Manone signed for Sunderland. I mean, can you imagine like that back four with like, Doyle, you know, the experience of Flanagan in there with a, an experienced goalkeeper who's been there, he's done it, he's played in the Premier League, you know, he's played, he's played in cup finals. You know, that's, it's a proper goalkeeper, that, you know what I mean? And, and how good that's going to be for Patterson yeah. with Beto coming in. I mean, that'll be... Well, just <laughs> you, you, you say that, but I actually wonder whether, the you know, if you brought Vito Minoni and whether Patterson might go out on loan. How much would he learn under Patterson's, uh, under Minoni, well, you know what yeah. I mean? But he's training or something like that, how much... 
he's going to learn from like a top quality goalkeeper coming in. But let's not like beat him on the bush. We know when he was a Premier League goalkeeper with Sunderland and he was a good goalkeeper for us, you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't as if he was throwing the balls in every week, you know, he was a good quality goalkeeper, so it, it can only be good for us on the pitch and off the pitch for like the likes of Patterson and uh, the young lads who have come, Carney and uh, Richardson, I think he is a big yeah, top yeah, yeah. lad. Yeah. It can only be a good thing for us off and on the pitch. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? Vito, if he... Uh, uh, I'd love to see it happen, but I don't know why. I just have a feeling it's not going to happen. Like, <laughs> well, I hate to beat you down. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> The only reason this wouldn't happen is if Monaco don't want it to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want to say it too much, but he, he wants to come. Like that's been made clear from the club's perspective. The club, the club have made it very clear that they want him. But whether Monaco want to get rid of a third-choice goalkeeper who doesn't cost them a lot of money is another thing. And. I think if we if we do get him, it's going to be a bit of persuading from our side and from from probably the players' side actually, whether he comes or not. What I will say is, if we had to buy Dick Advocate's wife a bunch of flowers, <laughs> we're going to have to dig pretty fucking deep for Mrs. Minoni to get her to leave Monaco and swap with we are side. What's wrong with Sunderland, like? No wrong with Sunderland, but it ain't the courts as you are, is it? Well. <laughs> I know that though, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks, Ads. We'll, we'll be back tomorrow with the review show, uh, which I think I'm hosting again, so if you're sick of my voice, just don't bother. And we'll uh, catch you later. Cheers. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are, and when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.